My ghouls and goblins who are out there tonight celebrating this amazing holiday. If you can't tell, it's my favorite. But welcome to the Phoenix Gate podcast. And it's our Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> I can't wait. I have been waiting all year for tonight and it's going to be amazing. So I'm glad you're joining us I'm pleased to announce that me and my brothers and sisters show the second rounds on us New York City edition and Florida edition are now a part of iHeartRadio we're streaming live on there we're streaming everywhere we're gonna be infecting everything everything you can think of and it's gonna be amazing so you can now find us not only on Podcast City Network, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, but also iHeartRadio. So, with that being said, let's get into tonight's spooky spectacular. If you can't tell, in the opposite direction, trying out something new for the cast tonight, I'm going to be talking about Halloween. I'm going to be talking, telling everybody about how this amazing, fantastic holiday came to be, what its origins are, and why we do the things that we do. So, why don't we get into it, shall we? Considering that Halloween is always on October 31st. It happens to fall on a Wednesday this year. But why do we celebrate uh, Halloween on October 31st. Well, that's easy. Halloween started by the Celtics way back in Druidic times, way back in the Iron Age, where the Celtic people, which are modern day Ireland and Scotland and all those people, they celebrated a holiday called Samhain. Not Halloween. It was called Samhain. And the wonderful thing about this holiday is it's the witches beginning of the new year. That's amazing. So if you can't tell, I'm a practicing witch. So for me, this is my high holiday. This is like the one holiday a year that I look forward to more than anything else. And everybody sits there and goes, oh, but you're a cosplayer. So what do you dress up as? Honestly, I don't dress up on Halloween. I dress as myself. <laughs> so it's going to be, you know, whatever. If you can't tell with the makeup, these are ancient symbols that are supposed to bring me luck and manifest my ideals for the coming new year. You guys may celebrate your new year January 1st. Mine's October 31st. Either way, so Halloween, it's, <laughs> I mean, cheers to that. Mmm, I love mead. Anyways, basically, Halloween was a holiday where it marked the end of summer and it marked the end of the harvest and beginning of the cold time in winter and the long night and the darkness. And they believed on this night, you know, and a lot of people still to this day believe that the boundary between um, our world and the spirit world became paper thin and people are allowed to cross over and spirits and gods could walk the earth and people really did believe in like they, they believe their ancestors returned which is why you'll have in Mexico the day of the dead and all sorts of other things and it's just it's really amazing to see this Celtic ancient witch holiday druid holiday like just pagan holiday how it got turned into all these amazing celebrations that we have now. And, and it's just, it's so really, really good. Because honestly, back in the day, like when we had no electricity, when we lived in caves and forests and had farms, people actually believed that the spirits crossing over harmed 
their crops harmed their heart like they would cause trouble they would do like all sorts of crazy things and that's why a lot of the times we did like well back then and even now they build bonfires these huge sacred bonfires where the people gathered and they would burn their crops and they would throw live animals in as sacrifices to the deities so that they could basically like try to you know stop the mischief and stop the bad crops and all the bad luck that they believed was going to happen and they also wore costumes so you guys think that running around in costumes this year we started it <laughs> so it's actually really cool and they would wear the animal heads and skins of the animals that they were sacrificing and they would try to tell each other's fortunes and it was it was just like this big 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 party and when the celebration was over from the bonfires they would light all their hearth fires which is their home fire and they had uh extinguished them earlier the evening so that nothing could cross over into their home but they would take the sacred bonfire flame and relight to help protect their houses and their homes and their families for the coming year it's so cool but if any of you history buffs know the romans came and took over the celts and the druids and all that so they actually appropriated the sowing and they turned it into their holiday feralia now, Feralia was actually always usually in late October, early November, and this was the day that the Romans honored their dead. So if you think about it, it actually, you know, turned into something, you know, they, they appropriated, but at the same time, it wasn't really that different. So it's actually a pretty cool history. I mean, why not? It's awesome. I like it. Let's see if any of you are actually with me tonight on this spooky, spooky night. It's about the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> well, hi Tiff, hi Marshall, hi Josh. Thank you for joining me tonight. I know you guys could probably be out partying, but you're here with me, so party with me. Yeah, we'll have a cheers to that. I'm drinking mead, so. And yeah, it is just like the Irish to always be pirating, all right? Either way. Anyways, um, what else? What else? I'm... Share me on Facebook, on, you know, like my page, go to Instagram, give me a follow. I mean, show me some love, guys. Spread the word about the Phoenix Gate. Let everybody know what we do. Because, you know, things happen and it's usually a one-woman show, but tonight you got me. <laughs> In all of my witchy glory. So, oh man. Irish Cider. Good, good. Alright, so... Basically, that's the hot, like, that's how Halloween came to be. It's been an ancient holiday celebrated for thousands of years. And it just, people are sitting there, they're like, why do people dress up in all these costumes? I'm going to tell you why, because I'm actually going to give you the origins of 15 different Halloween traditions that are like, most people don't even give a second glance about. And it's actually pretty cool. I mean, if you haven't been able to tell, this episode is basically going to be explaining all about Halloween. Why? Because what are we doing? It's Halloween. Celebrate! And if you're just joining me, welcome. I'm Jade Phoenix. This is the Phoenix Gate, and we are coming to you live every single Wednesday. And you can also tune in on Thursdays to my boys in the New York City edition of the Second Rounds, and Saturdays for the Second Rounds Florida edition. You can find us on Podcast City Network, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and now iHeartRadio. So follow me on Instagram and Facebook and follow my friends on Instagram and Facebook. So, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of plugs going on, guys, a lot of plugs. So let's get into the first tradition. Ta -da. We're going to talk about the origin of the jack-o'-lantern. Most people don't even realize that the jack, like everybody thinks jack-o'-lantern, they kind of think... Ichabod Crane, uh, Spooky Hollow, you know, um, the Headless Horseman. You know, a lot of people think about that when it comes to, uh, you know, jack-o'-lanterns. Or they think of, I'm going to do a spooky pumpkin and put it on my front door and teenagers will come and smash it and woo, all that sorts of fun. Believe it or not, the original jack-o'-lanterns were not pumpkins. 
they were turnips. <laughs> so, jack-o'-lanterns also originated in Ireland, and it was, <laughs> we didn't use pumpkins in Ireland, we used turnips. And it was based on a legend about a man named Stingy Jack, who repeatedly would trap the devil and only let him go on the condition that Jack would never go to hell. So, however, when Jack finally did kick the bucket and die, he learned that heaven really didn't want him either because he was an asshole and he did bad things. So, he was condemned to wander the earth as a ghost for all eternity. But... His old friend the devil took pity on Jack and gave him a lump of coal to burn for light as he wandered through the dark. So what did Jack do? He took a carved out turnip and used it to light his way. Locals began carving frightening faces into their turnips and their own, like, eventually it became pumpkins to scare off evil spirits such as Jack of the Lantern. You know, and people don't even realize this is like the kind of cool spooky history that we take for granted every year. It's amazing. Well, I refuse to drink turnip beer too. Oh, dude, Josh, we're already on Twitch. I just, I'm not dual broadcasting tonight because after this, I have to go do ritual. So, let's see. We talked about jack-o'-lanterns. We talked about Feralia. Which, believe it or not, you know, was a is a big deal to the Romans because, like, this picture right over there, that's them honoring their dead. Roman tradition. There's, like, all over. It's great. Woohoo! All right. I'm still getting the hang of this new little setup, guys, so bear with me. Um, let's see. Da 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 da. Okay. All right. Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. Shameless plug, shameless plug, shameless plug. Totally fucking shameless plugging right here on the screen. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Anyways. So, what is the next tradition that we're going to talk about that actually most people don't even realize is there? Ghosts. I talked about how the ancient Celts believed that this was the night that the veil was the thinnest between worlds, so their people would cross over. Gods would cross over. Demons would cross over. Now, because of this, it was the transition. People believed that this was the beginning of a new year, so for them, spirits walked the earth. They came back. They wanted to see any unfinished business or anything like that. Later on, because of Christianity, it got introduced, All Saints Day got introduced, which is like the 1st and the 2nd of November. So, to convert more pagans, they created All Saints Day to fall right after Halloween. And these missionaries, they wanted, they wanted this idea of All Saints Day to honor all saints, honor all the Christian dead. But what about the witches dead? What about the Celtic dead? What about all the pagan dead? But that's why we got Halloween. So they said ghosts walk the earth. And that's why we light bonfires and we leave offerings so that they will leave us alone. Like one of the big things that ancient Celts would make was something called a soul cake. If you've never made one, they're absolutely fucking delicious. Now, let me see. I think I have a photo of soul cakes to put up for you guys. Give me a second. Like I said, new setup. Still getting used to it. Here we go. These are... Jesus Christ. Okay, those are soul cakes right there. Well, I keep pointing the wrong way. Those are soul cakes right there. Um, they're usually made out of, um, you know, acorns. You know, you can make them out of anything now, but back then there was probably uh, acorn flour, um, cloves, raisins, different like, you know, little things. And these were offerings that we would make to the ghosts and the dead. And they would, you know, they were supposed to be basically like how in Mexico they have the Day of the Dead and they have their off, uh, they set up their altar to honor their ancestors. So their ancestors come through and they give them things that they liked in life. Same thing. We offered them food. We gave them crops. We gave them animal sacrifices. And that's how we would appease them. So, you know, this is what's going on here. 
Ay, I mean, I'm still, again, I'm sorry if I'm like all over the place. Still getting used to the setup. Let's see. Doo -doo. All right. So after that, basically, I already mentioned how the ancient Celts actually wore the skins and heads of the animals they were sacrificing. And that's how costumes came about. But one of the other tradition was a ghost wandering the earth. They wanted to be avoid being terrorized and haunted. So they would wear the costumes to trick the ghosts. Like, they, their belief was, if a ghost or a demon cannot recognize me, therefore it cannot terrorize me or follow me home and give me any problems in the coming year. So that's literally what people do to this very day. We don disguises, costumes, makeup, whatever. And so they would be mistaken for spirits themselves, demons themselves, and be left alone. Even though we're still on the plane of the living. And that's pretty cool. I mean, we're talking history here that most people don't even realize. They just say, oh, I'm going to be a sexy cat or I'm going to be a sexy mouse, you know, or I'm going to be a demon. Yeah, your your costumes come from an ancient tradition, bud. There you go. I think I got a picture of that here. Eh, whatever. I'm failing at this so hardcore. It's fun. I love it. Because <laughs> I'm honestly really focusing on the fact that I have ritual after this to come in and usher my new year. So y'all gotta deal with it. Let's see. Ghosts and goblins and trick-or-treaters and candy and oh, it's so much fun. We love it. Why not? Why not? Why not? Mm -mm -mm. So those, again, pointing the wrong way, ghosts would be tricked by us wearing those costumes. And that's literally what we believed. And to this day, while it's now fun to dress up as something, I mean, you're talking to a cosplayer. I literally dress up almost every single weekend if I'm going to different conventions in different cosplays, like be it whether it's my own characters or my own take on characters, anything like that. So for me, Halloween is the time of the year where I can actually be myself. Hence, this fucking get up. <laughs> So, I mean, if you guys think it's weird, too bad. <laughs> because this is what I do. This is how I am. And if you don't like it, bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm fun. I don't care. I talk to myself all the time. Because who else is going to give me expert advice? So, yeah. Don't forget, we would also like the bonfire. <laughs> to keep them away and make our sacrifices. Now, a lot of people probably sit here and are saying, Jade, you're repeating yourself. I know. I'm repeating myself because a lot of these traditions go hand in hand with the other. And that's what makes this holiday so much fun because we've created it in so many ways. I mean, all over the world, Halloween is celebrated in different ways by different cultures. I mean, Mexico has Day of the Dead. Um, Italy celebrates All Saints Day on November 1st. You know, the Vatican and all those people, the Catholics. Um, what are some ancient, like, what are some traditions that your family may have passed down to you that you and your family do every year on Halloween, regardless of how old you get? You know, um, I would love to hear what you and your family does. Um, what Share your Halloween costume with me, and I'll post it up on the Facebook page and on the Instagram. I mean, why not? I mean, just because I don't dress up for Halloween doesn't mean that you guys can't. I mean, I would love to see your costumes, considering I'm probably still talking to myself, as usual. But, let's see. What am I going to talk about next? Trick-or-treating. And then there's also a Scottish way of trick-or-treating. Because remember, these are all ancient traditions that we have turned modern with going door-to-door -door and hijacking people for candy. <laughs> that's what we do <laughs> we literally go there and we sit there and we say to people trick or treat and if they didn't give us the right treats they'd get a trick right so I mean shit how many times did, as, as you got older after you were a kid and you said I'm too old to trick or treat this is boring I want to go hang out with my friends I mean what <laughs> I mean come on who, as a teenager, and did not go to the supermarket and get, like, the big 
big packs of eggs and buy as much shaving cream as you could to get into huge and epic battles with your friends for Halloween. I mean, come on. We know that we did this. It's, a, it's just, it's a given. I, myself, am guilty of doing these horrible things and, and toilet paper, throwing it all over things and egging houses and, and toilet papering trees. We do this, but do we know why? Yes, because we're assholes. <laughs> so, is what it is. Cheers to that. Mm. Yeah, you definitely, Josh. Come on, fuck off. Anyways. So, we're going to be talking about trick-or-treating. Now, free candy is definitely awesome. We love free candy. Beyond that... There's actually a very healthy debate on where trick-or-treating actually came from. And one theory proposes that during Samhain, the Celtic people would leave food out to placate the souls of ghosts and spirits traveling the earth. What I just talked about. Eventually, people came, began dressing up and they would, you know, in exchange for similar offerings and to avoid the ghosts. So they probably figured, well, if I'm a ghost or a goblin and I am acting the part, I think I should have some of this cake and candy. Am I right? So we started exchanging it in costume, hence trick-or-treating. Now in Scotland, the candy bonanza actually is what, is, is where we started, we stopped exchanging food items like bread and soul cakes and stuff like that for actual candy. And it's a secular version of souling, which is also what they call guising. I'll get into that. Never. <laughs> In the Middle Ages, soulers, children and poor adults, you know, the lower, lower class, not the highborn, would go to the local homes and collect food or money in return for prayers said for the dead on All Saints Day. Geysers ditched the prayers in favor of less religious performances like jokes, songs, or other tricks. So, again, where this holiday originally was a pagan practice, people started taking parts of it and using it for themselves. Why not? Go for it. Kill it. I don't care. So now there's also what's called trick-or-treating the American way. Now, our modern trick-or-treating stems from what's called as bell-snickling, which is a tradition of German-American communities where children would dress in costume and then call on their neighbors to see if the adults could guess the identities of the disguised guests. In one version of the practice, the children were rewarded with food or other treats if nobody could guess who they were. The better the costume, the better the treats. So now think about it. I mean, most of the early settlers in the Americas were... German, English, Irish, all those people came over into the colonies and built these French Americans. Now, these are all traditions that stem from traditions that were in the old countries. So why not bring them here? And that's where we get trick-or-treating American style. Pretty cool, huh? I like it. I mean, it's always cool. I love learning. And on a day like today, if I can spread some awareness of my holiday and, you know, just everything that goes with it and why I love it so much, I will do that. It does not bother me at all whatsoever. I actually thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. And if any of you are actually still sitting here listening to me go meow, 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 and not out there trick-or-treating, I mean, it is 9.30 at night. I understand it's a Wednesday, but uh, people have kids and they have lives. I don't know. So what am I going to talk about next? I'm actually going to talk about my favorite black cat. Now, black cats, black, automatically black cats already have a stigma against them here where people believe they're bad luck. I'm telling you right now, if you have the, ever, 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 ever have the joy of being owned by a small house panther, there is no greater freaking thing to be had. These animals are so beautiful, so amazing, and super fucking smart. Pardon my French. I have one black cat out of my many, and he is quite possibly one of my smartest one. Like, he's the smartest. He knows how to open doors. He talks to me. You know, like, he'll literally, I'll, he'll, I'll be talking to him like I'm talking to you, and he'll meow back at me. I mean, I'm sure it's just a learned behavior, but there's no doubt in my mind that that animal is definitely sentient. So when I hear that people actually have 
legit prejudices to black cats and black animals in general. It actually boggles my mind because I don't understand it. I do not understand how these magnificent creatures, these rare animals, became synonymous with bad luck. So, what did I do? I looked it up. And he just actually jumped into the kitchen where he's not supposed to be. Little brat. <clears throat> so, the association of black cats and spookiness actually dates all the way back to the Middle Ages. Obviously, the Dark Ages. Where the dark little kitties were considered a symbol of the devil. It didn't help that felines' reputations went centuries later. Accused witches were often found to have cats. Especially black ones as their companions. People started believing that the cats were a witch's familiar and animals that gave them assistance in summoning their dark powers. And they too have been linked ever since. Now here's the fun part. In other parts of the world, black cats are considered lucky. It's, it's here in our backwards life of America where people actually consider black cats bad luck. Or actually all, most black animals bad luck. And if you think about it, Black cats make up for about, black cats and actually black dogs too, believe it or not, make up for about maybe 30 to 35% of all animals euthanized in the shelter system. Half the time a shelter, if they're overcrowded, will kill a black cat or a dog first before, and they won't even show them to the people on the outside and give them a chance to be adopted because 90% of the time they do not get adopted. And what's even crazier... Happy Halloween, Joe. Nice to see you. What's even crazier about the thing with black cats is over the years, shelters stopped adopting out black cats on Halloween because people would adopt them and then kill them, mutilate them, do horrible things to these animals because they believed that they were able to summon the devil. Let me get this straight. Come here, Eclipse. Come here. You want to be on camera? I'm going to try to get my cat to come here so you can see him. Clip, clip, clip. Come here. He's not interested. But I'm telling you right now, these animals could not be farther from demon summoning assholes. If anything, I believe my cats probably protect me from all the demons and whatever that are out there. So anybody that believes that cats are actually, especially black cats, are bad luck, you're an idiot. Read a book. Do some history. That's all I'm going to say on that. I'm very passionate about animal activism and animal rights. So... On a day like today, when I'm explaining the certain, like, things about black cats, especially, makes me a little myself. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> All right. What's next? All right. Now, I'm going to talk about two things. Like, people don't realize that black, like, people probably wonder, where do black and orange come in? Like, why is black and orange the set color scheme for Halloween? And where the hell did the tradition of bobbing for apples come from? Well, I'm going to tell you. Once I get me pictures up and take down. La 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 la. Like I said, new system, trying it out. Bear with me, guys. I'm sorry. It's not like I have a producer on the side of me taking care of stuff, because I don't. So, bobbing for apples actually traces its origins to a courting ritual that was part of a Roman festival honoring the goddess Pomona. She was the goddess of agriculture and abundance. Now, remember in the very beginning where I was telling you about how the Romans conquered the Druids and the Celts and appropriated Halloween for their own festival of Feralia? Boom! There you go, buddy. Why? Pomona's sacred offering was always an apple. And the goddess, actually, believe it or not, the apple is the symbol of so many different things in so many different religions the goddess like in witchcraft the goddesses like apples are the goddesses fruit in christianity and catholicism the apple is what got eve and adam kicked out of heaven or what is the garden of even whatever garden of eden whatever apple has always been the symbol of knowledge it's always been a symbol of abundance it's been a symbol of the harvest why because apples always mature at the end of the year especially around now so the basic gist of this game, Bobbing for Apples, was young men and women would be able to foretell their future relationships based on the game itself. Romans conquered the British Isles. The Pomona Festival was blended with this, you know, basically happened. So basically these people were able, when they bit an apple, they skinned the apple 
And they would read a person's relationship fortune from the skin of the actual apple. The inside. Kind of like, you know how you can read tea leaves or a palm? That kind of thing. That's what bobbing for apples originally was. And it was actually foretold that if, if people had the same readings or the same kind of uh, fortune, they were destined to be together. And literally, it was just, that's just basically where it came from. It's actually pretty cool. And yes. Josh, you are absolutely right. You split an apple down the middle. The seeds are prearranged in a pentacle. You're absolutely right. Ancient symbol of all pagan religion. I mean, you can even find pentacles in, in Catholicism, in, in Buddhism. Like, literally, you can find the pentacle everywhere. It's amazing. Mm. Anyways. So, we're also talking about why... Black and orange has become, like, the staple of Halloween. Everything has to be black and orange. Honestly, it also can be traced back to the Celts and the Druids. Black represented the death of summer, while orange is emblematic of the autumn harvest season. Why? Because 90% of the leaves of the trees would turn orange. Get it? Very simple. Easy peasy. And black has always been associated with death. Why? I don't know. Maybe it goes back to the freaking reason people don't like black cats. <laughs> I honestly think it's because our ancestors were afraid of the dark. <laughs> I mean, why not? So, now, another big thing that, you know, I've been talking about from time to time, you know, again, most of these traditions are all interlocked. They're all together. There's really not... You can't really have one tradition without the other in anything when it comes to Halloween. So what we're going to be talking about now is pranks and can and of course candles and bonfires. I mean, why do we use candles and bonfires? Why do we have pranking? Why do we do these things to ourselves? Why? Everybody would ask. Well, I'm going to tell you. Basically, pranks vary by region. So the pre-Halloween tradition, which believe it or not, was not created in the crow. So um, anybody that thinks that, read a book. Devil's Night would always fall the day before, or actually I would say, let me correct myself, the night before Halloween itself. So before the big celebration where we would light our candles and do our bonfires and dance around and wear our costumes, Devil's Night. That was the night where everybody would prank everybody else. And it's credited with different origins depending on who you ask. So if you ask somebody that studies ancient German history, they're going to say they did it and then so on and so forth. But pranks were originally a part of the May Day celebrations, which always happened in the spring. But Samhain and eventually All Saints Day always seemed to have good-natured mischief included with them. So when the Scottish and Irish immigrants came to America, they brought along the tradition of celebrating Mischief Night, I, I, a.k.a. Devil's Night, as part of Halloween, which is great for candy-fueled pranksters. That's why we throw our eggs. That's why we use the shaving cream. That's why we toilet paper stuff. That's why, like, we leave burning bags of dog poo on people's, like, front porches. This is why we do these things, because it is literally ancient traditions that people think were created like 50 years ago. No, 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 no. These are traditions dating back to the very dawn of our beings, guys. Understand that. Know it. The better, like, what is it? What is it? The more you know. Bing! Okay. So that's pranks, basically. And bonfires and candles. Didn't I mention this several times already? God, Jade, you're repeating yourself. What's wrong with you, you dumb bitch? <laughs> kidding so yeah bonfires and candles so bonfires and candles basically candles are more apropos in places like cities and whatever most of the time you do not have towering bonfires here in new york city i mean trust me i'm sure we could do it but yeah, i don't think the fire department would like it too much just saying but this is always, always, always an integral part of Halloween because it was, we had to light the way to the afterlife. And the only way these spirits would go away or leave us alone was by firelight. So what did we do? We lit candles. We 
did bonfires, as I mentioned earlier in the beginnings, origins, and, and the traditions of Sa of Samhain, we had these sacred bonfires to help light our hearth fires to keep away bad spirits and bad luck for the coming year. These are integral parts of who we were or and who we are. I mean, I know for a fact that in London, they have uh, in England, they have bonfire night. So those traditions are still alive and well. Like bonfire night is like kind of like our 4th of July where they explode fireworks and shit, set shit on fire. It's, you know, like with all the segregation and hatred and all sorts of things that are happening in the world right now, it's actually amazing if you look at history, especially history of a fun holiday like this, that you can find so many connections to your fellow man and woman and whatever you identify yourself as. There are so many things that we take for granted that are literally steeped in our deep history. So, pay attention. Read a book. <laughs> I'm not being an asshole. It's the damn truth, okay? Well, so, what else can I educate y'all about, you know, before you guys start screaming, shut up, Jade, you don't know what you're doing. You're an idiot. Me, 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 me. Let's see. Whoever just joined, hello, welcome. I'm, uh, oh yeah. Bats. Just as traditional with Halloween as cats, witches, ghosts, goblins, and devils. Now the question is, is why do we associate bats with Halloween? I tell you. So let's find out because I have everything written down because I'm a nerd. So bats actually, believe it or not, were probably present at the earliest celebrations of Halloween, but not, and I don't mean symbolically, I do mean literally. I mean, we're celebrating a holiday at night in the woods. We're going to have wild animals. So the Celts, when they lit the big bonfires, what does that attract? Moths, mosquitoes, insects. So what will that in turn attract? Bats. They soon became associated with the festival because they didn't realize that these insects were becoming a, a joyous feeding ground for these bats. So medieval folklore expanded on that, saying that the number of superstitions built around the idea that bats were the harbingers of death. Now, again, this goes with the fact that most people, if you ever saw a bat, what does it look like? It looks like a flying mouse. And what did mice and rats were to people in the Middle Ages? Bringers of the Black Death. So, go hand in hand. All of a sudden, you have something that looks like a flying rat, which they're not. <laughs> they're really not. <laughs> um, then people's imaginations are going to run away with themselves. So, there you go. That's why bats are literally go hand in hand with Halloween because we basically turn Halloween into not only our smorgasbord with candy and cake and stuff there's too it's pretty cool actually I, I mean I'm a nerd I love history this is the kind of things that actually like make me happy because you learn something you know you really do and if you guys are listening and you guys have anything to add please feel free because I'm sitting here for the last 40 minutes talking to myself kind of <laughs> Okay, um, what else? Okay, I'm going to talk about candy and candy corn, which those are going to be the last two things I talk about tonight because, like I said, it's Halloween. I don't want to keep you from your candy and your mischief and your fun and just, you know, you, for all I know, you guys are out partying and I wish that I was there with you, but tradition and witchcraft comes first. So, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> um, alright, so we're going to talk about the candy first, because who doesn't love free fucking candy? I mean, hello, it's candy, and it's free, and people just give it to you by knocking on the door and saying, trick or treat. So the act of going door to door for handouts was long a part of the Halloween celebration. It literally... Up until the 20th century, the treats kids received were not also necessarily candy. They could have been toys, coins, fruit, nuts, um, you know, anything, really. 
they were just as likely to be given out where, you know, and then somebody in, like, I guess the 50s or the 60s had to go and ruin it by starting putting drugs in apples or razor blade in an apple and all sorts of crazy shit. Like, there, I saw on the news the other day that a kid got sick because some psycho bastard put meth on the candy that he gave out. I mean, come on, guys. Way to ruin an amazing tradition. Alright, so basically the rise of popularity in, 19, in the 1950s inspired candy companies to basically market Halloween-style candy, which is the small, individually wrapped pieces of candy that we get in our bags now. People were are obliged, basically, to go to the store, pick up a big bag of these candies to avoid these kids coming and basically tricking them later with eggs and stuff and toilet paper. So it became convenient for the candy companies to have these tiny little snack-sized individual bags of candy, and it didn't dominate all the exclude like candy didn't dominate until like basically the 1970s, where parents, because of a couple of, couple of assholes, started fearing anything that wasn't wrapped. So like I remember as a little kid, I would go, um, you know, uh, trick or treating with my mom or whoever was taking me trick or treating that year. And basically, at the end of the night, what the hell? My cat. Scary. Um, at the end of the night, we would go through, um, hi, Alex! Lex on Dex on Dex is here! Lex on Dex on Dex, what up, buddy? Happy Halloween, my friend. Um, yeah, dude, I hated when you get the bag of pennies. Josh, I totally agree with you. Or if you ever, God forbid, went to somebody's house and they would hand out the toothbrushes. Oh, my God. But I remember, like I was saying, growing up, my mom and I and my brother and my sister would dump our candy out at the end of the night, and we would go through the candy. And anything that was not wrapped, my mother would throw away. So, again, this dates back to, like, the 50s, 60s, and 70s, where assholes were putting razor blades in apples, like, lacing things with acid, and nowadays we have douchebags that are lacing things with meth. Like, come on, guys, come on. We don't need that shit, you know. And, and, and it's just, it's like, you know, way to ruin it. A couple bad apples, pun intended, ruined it for people now. So, like, basically anything that is not wrapped it gets thrown away. And it's such a horrible waste. And people are just dicks. I don't fucking know. But, uh, okay. So, the last thing that I'm going to be really talking about tonight, besides hearing me ramble off on my tangents like I do, is candy corn. Now, I myself hate candy corn. It's literally like eating earwax to me. It's like, I don't like the taste. I don't like the texture. I don't like the flavor. But yet there are people that go freaking wild for candy corn. I mean, anybody who's watching or anybody who's listening, if you go wild for candy corn, cool. Do you. More for you. Less for me. But can you please hit me up on the Phoenix Gate in either Instagram or Facebook and tell me why you like candy corn so much? Is it the taste? Is it the colors? Is it the texture? I, I mean, I'm sorry. Just, I, even, I'm gagging just from the thought of the taste of candy corn. Just, no. So, let's talk about why candy corn is the way candy corn is. Now, get this. Candy corn was created in the 1880s, okay? So, it was made according to stories. There's really no empathetical, like, hard evidence that I know of in my amazing research today that said that um, this is true, like, beyond the shadow of a doubt, but it says here that a uh, candy maker at the Wonderly Candy Company in Philadelphia invented the revolutionary tricolor candy in the 1880s. The treats didn't become a widespread phenomenon until another company bought the candy to the masses in 1898. At the time, candy corn was called chicken feed and sold in boxes that read, quote-unquote, something worth crowing for. So originally, it was just generic autumn candy because of the corn's association with harvest time. Candy corn became a Halloween-specific when trick-or-treating rose to prominence in the 1950s. So... I mean, how cool is that? I mean, people go out and they get these big bags of candy corn and they don't realize that back in the day when, you know, we were just ruled by the seasons, this was something that people could snack on anytime. It wasn't Halloween specific until the like 1900. So how cool is that? I mean, these are new traditions that all of a sudden people think that is, 
you know, that th- they don't realize the history of. And, and I think that's just amazing. Well, I personally will never eat candy corn because it's just, ugh, no. It's just pretty cool to find things like this and learn things like that. I mean, let me know, guys. This is totally, I love hearing your feedback. I love hearing about your Halloween stories. I want to know about, I'm more like something throwing up for. It's true. It's very true. Maybe that was the inspiration for horror movies. Um, honestly, um, Lex, if you think about it, horror movies have been based on a lot of, like, ancient legends. And, again, it goes back to the ancient Halloween tradition of ghosts and goblins and ghouls being able to cross over from the other side, especially on Halloween, because the veil between the worlds is the thinnest. So, think about it. Every single horror icon... And if you actually tuned in on Sunday to uh, Geek and Nerdy Productions where uh, Mr. Oso Smooth and Mr. Malave had a great debate about different horror and uh, different movies and, and certain things that are all basic, basically like everything about horror. You really got to go check it out. It's definitely there on the Second Rounds Facebook page. It's on Geek and Nerdy. Check it out. It's awesome. They had a really great debate. I love the energy. But they did discuss horror and the horror genre. And honestly, I think that a lot of it was um, inspired. A lot of horror movies are inspired by different legends. You know, and, and people don't think about it because most people don't know about ancient legends anymore because we're taught not to. So, that's just my opinion. I don't know. You can... Oh, wait. Don't burn me for it. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> Oh, cheers to that. Salute the burning times. Never forget. Mm. Anyways, so you guys are probably wondering about my wacky getup. Uh, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> like I said, I have ritual after I finish up this podcast. So being a witch, I like this, some of these are just sigils. Like right here, people think that this is um, devil's pitchfork. It's not. It's actually the ancient symbol for Neptune, which rules the astrological symbol of Pisces. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys can see right here. That's all it is. <laughs> I'm honoring my astrological sign. That's, it. That's what that is. And right here, three is very, very big in pagan circles. Cause we, And honestly, believe it or not, it's pretty much used in almost every single religion on Earth. You have the Holy Trinity in Catholicism and, and, and Christianity. You have the Maiden Mother Crone in um, Wicca and witchcraft and paganism. I mean, the rule of three is such a prevalent thing. So what do I do? I honor it by having three slashes right here. And right here, too, as well. Three slashes, and then you have Maiden. Well, actually, it goes Maiden, Mother, Crone on each side, which is, you know, in... It's just, it's all witch symbols and, and witch things. And right here, since it is Halloween and it, we're honoring the dark goddess Hecate and all the dark goddesses and Morgan, Morgan and all of them. Again, moon symbol. <laughs> Plus it looks fucking cool, okay? So, you know, and then of course I have my, guys, I don't know if you guys can see it. Like I have pentacles here. I, I have my special stones that I'm wearing. Literally everything I'm wearing has a meaning. Everything I'm doing tonight in Ritual will have bearing on the rest of my year from today until October 31st, 2019. So that's why it's very important to people like me who practice to make sure that we clear all the energy from the last year, whether it be good, be bad, be positive, and open ourselves up to the coming energy of the year. Plus, it's also the turning of the wheel. The wheel has gone full circle. We have come to the beginning and the end, and we honor that. And that's basically what I'm going to be doing. And I know I'm rambling, but I'm trying to give you guys a little bit of, like, information before I go. And, and you know, if you're catching the playback of this later, being like, what the hell is on her face? Like, this bitch is nuts. I'm not crazy. I'm just a little mad. <laughs> so, guys... Thank you so much for tuning in with me on your Halloween. I hope you don't get belly aches from eating all of that delicious candy. And um, tune in next week on Wednesday 
where I'll be bringing you issue number 16. I don't know the title, like, basically what I plan on doing just yet. I'm going to keep it a surprise. I'm all about spontaneity. But if you guys have any ideas for uh, something that you want me to talk about or something you want to cover or if you want to be on the Phoenix Gate, drop a line. Let me see. I'm going to put that little sticker thing back up. Let me put it back up because, you know, it was awesome if I can find it. Do-do-do. Ah, here we go. As I'm, like, sweating like a pig. It is so hot in here. And on top of that, I'm drinking, which always makes me sweat. Oh. So, yeah. Like I was saying, leave me love. <laughs> Phoenix Gate on Instagram, on Facebook. Subscribe. Send me a line. DM me. Let me know what your Halloween traditions are. Send me a picture of your costume this year. Hell, tell me what kind of, what's your favorite candy if you want to. I am so open. I love you guys. You guys is what makes me get up and do these things every week. Well, I'm sorry for the last two weeks. I was busy, okay? Because, you know, your girl's got a life. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um... Drop me a line. Let me know what you guys did for Halloween. Let me know if you hit up any epic parties. Just talk to me. And let me know if you guys have any ideas for next week's podcast. And if I like your idea, we'll talk about it. And if you ever want to be featured on the show, drop me a line. Like I said, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Also, do not forget, you got to subscribe to at 2ND Rounds, where you will hear and see and love everything that has to do with the Second Rounds New York edition, coming to you live tomorrow on All Saints Day slash Day of the Dead. They're coming to you live tomorrow, and then you got the Florida edition, which comes live on Saturdays, and you also have to check out every single one of the amazing podcasts that are on Podcast City Network. There are so many good ones, and if you're in for spooky, spooktacular things because it is Halloween and All Saints Day, we got paranormal shows, we got ghost hunting shows, we got sports shows, we got wrestling shows, we got the, the, all, anything and everything that could make you happy is on Podcast City Network. So, check it out. Check out my peoples. Check out my brother and sister show, The Second Rounds, Florida, New York editions. They're coming to you live tomorrow. And with that, I'm going to say blessed be, merry meet, merry part. And I'm going to go and do my ritual now because this witch has got to get her magic on. Because I'm a dork and that's what I do. So I'll see you guys all next week. Drop me a line if you have any ideas for something you want me to cover. Like I said, subscribe. Okay, bye. Love you, bye. Mwah, bless the bee. Ta-da.